Slow Nick Mac, man, you're interrupting my game. Ride up. On who, bro? Bro, I can't hear you say that again. Ride out on who? I'm coming, give me two minutes, two minutes, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. And guys, that's why the manager of Ikhwan Muslimin is a very no, dead. Yo, we doing, bro? Yo, we doing, my bro? Relax, man. What we doing, bro? You said it's a ride-up. Yeah, bro, but in the car, man. The show. Huh? Ride out in the car, man. Just the cars, bro. Often candy crosses everything. Brothers and sisters, that right there is Guled, aka the Big G. Those of you who know, know. But today, there's an imposter in town. We have another claiming to be the Big G. Let's have a look. The Mercedes Benz G63, aka the G Wagon, aka the G Class. 5.5 litre engine v8 by turbo makes about 560 brake horsepower this car might weigh about two tons but bro it flies with that said let's get into the car talk a bit about the episode even getting into this car can be a bit of a headache and when you shut the door you have to give it a proper good slam now once you're in you might not be too impressed you think if this is a hundred thousand pound car why is it so basic? Well, that's why people love the G-Class and that's what makes the G-Class the G-Class. It's very retro. You know, everything feels, it's got, you know, a handbrake. I mean, who's gonna do a handbrake turn in a car like this? You're more likely gonna pop over to your side. It's got sports modes, it's got seat heating. There is a bit of comfort, seat heating, seat cooling. Even the back has seat heating. If you look down here, you'll see this is the only cup holder in the entire car. Look at that. Everything about this car feels very mechanical and even though it might seem a bit simplistic and basic That's what makes the car the car. Now with that said, let's get into the episode Why is arrogance a bad thing? What can it lead to? And what are some of the potential punishments of a person being arrogant in the eyes of Allah? Does that mean that if a person likes his shoes to be nice, he likes his clothes to be nice, that that's arrogance? Jibreel the Prophet said, I saw him in the horizon. He covered the horizon, his wing. He had 600 wings. Jahannam say, Hal min mazid. Is there any more? He wants for more people. He wants more. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Brothers and sisters, welcome to the G. 63. Some of you might remember Imran, you actually asked for a G63 
a few episodes a few episodes ago when we were in the uh, BMW. I think it was the M140i. I called it the G wagon, right? The G wagon, yeah. It was, it was either the M140i or so it what's was. It? Is it called a G wagon or a G63? You can call it whatever you want. The model designation is G63. It's commonly known as a G wagon, G class. If you go to the official uh, Mercedes website, there's a G350, so on and so forth. Point is, whatever you want to call it. It's a very very nice car. Oh, it's a banging car. It's a banging car. car bro. So first, before we get into today's topic, why is it your favorite car? You know what it is that the car, like I was saying to the brothers, this car is just serious. Like, it's the kind of car you want to put up the mad thing in the mission, isn't it? Mad thing in the mission. Then mm. I see the car, this is selfies up. <laughs> oh, this car, look at look at that. You know when you did that, bro? I had to hold on to this. There's a, there's a little handlebar it there just like for you to hold on to. Yeah, Do yeah, it again. Yeah. Wait wait wait, wait for some space. They can't even see, bro. But I actually feel like I'm on a horse, like. God, that is serious, like. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's a manly car. Are you, are you know what we probably see? I don't know if you lot have clocked in the previous episodes. I'm not into cars. I really am not. Every time he brings a car, these men in the back are always just, not always man, but you know, like, my man. It's happy, but me personally, I don't really care. But this car, I can't lie, this car is serious, like. This car is just manly, bro. But you know, one thing, though, yeah? One thing, though, I like. I've noticed that people who drive this car or like big cars in general, yeah, <laughs> that it's very easy for arrogance to creep into a person mm. for a variety of reasons. Number one, it's a big car, yeah? yeah. So it has a lot of road presence. Yeah. Like it has a lot of like, you can tell that it's a bit like, if, like you know like when people, people say in it, like, like if a certain scholar walks into the room and like everyone like knows straight away, like, Haber. Haber, yeah, that the scholar's there. Rob, Rob. Yeah, road. this car has that on the road, yeah. So number one, it's quite big. Number two, you're sat quite high up. So automatically, when you're looking at everyone else, like you're looking down at people. You get it? Mm. So you're looking down at and people. And as you drive past, everyone's looking at you. And people look up, people look at you. And they're amazed. And yeah, because it is, a, it's, it's a very iconic car. Yes, yeah. what I uh, used earlier, that it's an iconic car. And I would 100% agree with that. It's very iconic, especially this. The 5.5 litre version before they made the new 4 litre version. Um, and yeah, so the point is is that I can see why arrogance could creep into someone who drives this car or owns this car or a similar car. Not that there are many out there that are similar that you can put in the same bracket as this car. So I just thought it would be beneficial for us to just touch upon, you know, just this topic of arrogance, mm. right? And how it can creep into you what are the effects of it what you know is it a good thing is it a bad thing so on and so forth so the first thing that i wanted to ask you Imran, before we carry on some of you might remember a couple of weeks ago we had the bmw i8 and we checked the boot how practical it was and it wasn't very practical at all let's have a look nah you can't even close you can't close it can you nah the boot is no it's no good now this is a lot bigger so hopefully the boot is also a lot bigger. Let's have a look. Yo. Oh. You did in there, bro. <laughs> you know, it's, it's more comfortable than the eye, you get me? Really? Yeah. Oh, you, might well stay, you might as well stay inside then, innit? And there you go, that's the answer. According to Islam, what is arrogance? Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah amma ba'd. So, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam explained what arrogance is in a hadith. Mm. He said, لا يدخل الجنة من كان في قلبه مثقال ذرة من كبر. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said a person who has even a mustard seed of arrogance 
inside of his heart, he will not enter inside of paradise. So there was a companion that he asked a question. He said, Inna rajula yuhibbu an yakuna thawbuhu hasanan wa na'luhu hasana. He said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he inquired because when the Prophet said a person would even a mustard seed of arrogance won't go into his heart, he thought straight away, does that mean that if a person likes his shoes to be nice, he likes his clothes to be nice, that that's arrogance. Mm. So he asked the Prophet sallam, and the Prophet said, no, inna allaha jameelun. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beautiful. And what does he do? Yuhibbul jamal. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he loves beauty. Okay? And then the Prophet explained what arrogance really is. He said, it is, he said, Al-Kibru Batarur, he said, Al-Kibru Batarul Haq. It is to refuse the truth, to reject the truth. Wa ghamtun nas, and to look down on the people. So there's two things here. Looking down on the people is the kind of arrogance that we're familiar with. Yeah. But there's another dimension to arrogance, which is to reject the truth. To Allah gives the you truth. the truth and you reject it. The Prophet gives you the truth and you reject it. You place your intellect on top, or you place your sheikh on top, or you place your emotions on top. When the truth comes, you take it. Don't be like Iblis. Iblis was so arrogant. Look at the difference between Adam السلام, and Iblis. They both made a mistake. They both made a mistake. But Adam straight away said, What? When he was taught the, the dua to make Tawbah, he said, Rabbana zalamna. He said, Allah, I am wrong. Forgive me, have mercy on me. If you don't forgive me, I'll be of the losers. Shaitan, Iblis, may Allah's insistent and consistent curse be upon him. What did he say? He said, Rabbi, bima agwaitani. Allah, you misguided me. Do you understand? Yeah. So he couldn't accept. He said, Allah, this is your fault. It's your fault. So there's some people like, they just can't accept the truth. And they always make an excuse. That's kibr. That's arrogance. If you have a mustard seed of that in your heart, you won't enter paradise. And also to look down on the people, to put them low. Who are you to put someone low? What are you? What are you? There was a. Um, it's funny because usually when someone thinks of arrogance, the first thing that comes to their mind, rather, in most cases, the only thing yeah. is that second one that you yeah, mentioned, yeah, which yeah. is to put the people low, to think that you're better, you're higher than someone else. Yeah. But actually, rejecting the truth is also a form of arrogance. Why, but I think like. about it because you're you're bumping you're, you're you're bumping heads with the ayah from the Quran. You're bumping heads with the Sunnah of Prophet Sallam. You think you know better. You think you know more. Allah said do this and you say no. That's kibra. So it's like, correct me if I'm wrong here and in this analogy, but it's like the second one is to put yourself above the people. And the first one, in a way, you're kind of putting yourself above Allah. Allah said to you do this and you think, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do my own thing for whatever reason that might be. Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard any of the scholars explain like that, but potentially we can ask the scholars. But definitely you get the point as in it's like yeah. you're challenging Allah. Yeah. There's another hadith that, that kind of maybe would back up what you've just said. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that Allah said. Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said, Al-Kibriya'u Ridai. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said that pride, pride, mm. pride, yeah. okay? That Allah said, that is my cloak, okay? Okay, and my robe is what? Greatness. So pride is my cloak and greatness is my robe is my robe. And anyone who competes with me in that, anyone who competes with me in that, okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that he will throw them into the hellfire. Like Allah is Al Akbar. You're not Kabir. I mean, you, you think you're big. Yeah. You're not big. No. Allah is not just Al-Kabir. He's 
Akbar. He's the greatest. Mm. So Allah is saying that Allah is Al-Kabir and His name is Al-Mutakabbir. Yeah. You want to now think that you're big. So you're now you're competing with Allah. Mm. Now, because only Allah is the greatest. That's why you know it's powerful because Muhammad Ali used to say, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest. May Allah have mercy on him. You know, after he got the Parkinson's disease, you know what he said? He said, Allah gave me the sickness to show me that I'm not the greatest he is. Yes, he said that, yeah. Allah, he said that. Allah, Famous statement of his. May Allah have mercy on him. Ameen. Ameen. So, the point of the matter is that Kibriya, pride is for Allah. And you have nothing to be proud of. Like, what are you? You know what I'm saying? Al, al, uh, there was a great scholar from the Salaf called Matarif ibn Abdullah al Shakhir. Matarif ibn Abdullah al Shakhir, one time he saw Al Muhallab. Al Muhallab. Is that a person or is that.? He's a a, he was a king. He was walking in a very proud way. You know how arrogant people walk? And Matarif ibn Abdullah al Shakhir said, You see the walk the way, the way you're walking? He said, Allah hates this walk. Al Muhallab is arrogant. He's a king, right? Yeah. Or he was being arrogant at the time. He said, do you have any idea who I am? Yeah. He was trying to say I'm the king. Yeah, yeah. said, I don't know exactly who you are. He said, your person, your beginning was seminal fluid. And your ending will be the dirt. And between it, you're a vessel to carry feces and urine. That's what you are. It's a humbling way to put it's it, isn't it? Way to put it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a humbling way to put it. So the point of the matter is, and by the way, Muhallab was a ruler, right? He was a ruler, yeah. Look, he did it to him in front of him. Ah, uh, you see that? <laughs> when you, if you want to correct the leader, as we mentioned in the Child My Bye podcast, mm. you do it in front of him, you're not allowed to speak against him in public mm. where he's not there. Yeah. And he can't benefit from the advice. That's not called advice. You can speak about a general issue. Yeah. So, for example, if a leader's, let's say, for example, the leader's, you know, allowing free mixing, for example, you can speak about free mixing. Yeah, of course, you're a free In essence. But just the Prophet mentioned, mentioned you can't. And this is how the Salaf were. The Salaf were never scared to advise the rulers. So as you guys probably know, we haven't been too impressed with the sound of some of the cars we've had recently. The CLA 45, the Golf R, the BMW i8. They weren't anything special, mainly because of small engine size and all the new EU regulations. This car, 5.5 litre, and it was before the new EU regulations. So let's have a little listen. That tickles my fancy. You know, you know, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a story that really touched me, yeah? Go on. Imam al-Rafi'i. Al-Rafi'i. Who's al-Rafi'i? Rings a bell. Who's al-Rafi'i? Bruv, don't embarrass us here, man. Who's a Rafi? Amani Rafi? Um, Al Bukhari people. Huh? Imam Al Rafi? Al Nah, come on, bro. The two Aimma that the Shafi'i Madhab stands on, man. And Nawawi and Rafi. Brothers. Nah, well, that's embarrassing, man. Anyway, Imam al-Rafi, one of the greatest a'imma of the Shafi'i Madhab, yeah. okay? There's uh, an amazing story with him. Yeah. But it's in Madhab, man. Basically, one time he was eating dates. 
and, uh, there, there was a, there was a board of dates that were presented. Well, I listen to this; it's powerful. There's a board of dates that was presented to him. You guys are so fortunate, and you can't be seen. <laughs> there was a board of dates that was presented to him, yeah. Mm. And look what he was doing, Abakar. He was going for the dates that were the ugly-looking ones. Ugly-looking ones. Yeah, you know what? Some dates don't look pleasant. Yeah. They don't look ripe. Yeah, they yeah, don't look yeah, fresh. Yeah. So he was going for the dates. Uh, sorry, ugly. Normally, most people go for like the juicy ones. The juicy. He was yeah. going for the I shouldn't say ugly stuff. He was going for the unappealing-looking dates. So the he, the people that were there say, Sheikh, what are you doing? Yeah. Go for the better dates. Why are you picking the old ones? Yeah. Look what he said. He said, I would have gone for the better dates if I saw myself to be better than the bad ones. He said, if I saw myself to be better than these dates, I would have got better dates. He's comparing himself to dates, man. That's out of humility and Humility, bro. <coughs> humility, Akhi, man. Imam al-Dhahbi, rahimahullah ta'ala, mentioned about uh, Amr ibn Aswad al-Ansi. He used to walk like this, holding his arm. He used to walk holding his arm like this. Why? And when he was asked, why do you always walk holding your arm like this? He used to say, I fear hypocrisy. Meaning, you know when you let your arm swing, you walk a bit arrogant, isn't it? Like, as in you can fall. Yeah. You can fall into an arrogant walk. You can start waving your arms around and bopping and whatnot. So he was scared that my arm is going to start walking arrogant. So, <coughs> or it's going to contribute towards like an arrogant walk. That's how scared they were. They wanted to be humble. They would, they would hold themselves like that. Do you understand? So it's yeah. very serious, man. Very serious. So, now that you've explained what arrogance is and gone into that a little bit, I think the next thing to mention is why is arrogance a bad thing? What can it lead to? And what are some of the potential punishments of a person being arrogant in the eyes of Allah? Well, like, like I already alluded, arrogance is pride. And pride is for only one who's great. Only the one who's great has the right, right to be proud. And you're not great. Only Allah is. Look at this ayah in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah because at the end of the ayah, Allah mentions how great He is. But the ayah is build, it's a build up. Okay? Uh -huh. And it's the ayah where, like, this ayah is one of, it's such a way to demonstrate the greatness of Allah. And if you can't do this, and if you can't compete with Allah in this, you have no right to ever be, to think you're bad. You have no right to ever think you're great, to ever think you're someone important. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, these things that you call upon besides Allah, okay? They can't they don't even own an atom's weight in the heavens and the earth mm. so look at you you think you got money you think you got car you got clothes you got what lamborghini g-wagon you got, you got you got family wife maybe wives children you think you're, you're a guy you know you're on the block you, you think you're a hard man you're a couple girls you know you, you got some drug money you think you're serious yeah but you don't own anything yeah. you don't even own one atom allah owns everything Allah said you don't even own one atom in the heavens and the earth. Okay, so look at this. Why did Allah mention an atom? Because that's the smallest thing you can own, right? Yeah. Of course, they break it up now further, whatever have you. But the point is an atom 
is just basically showing you that you don't even own the smallest thing. Yeah. You don't even own the smallest thing, okay? Okay, what's, what can be less than owning an atom but still give you some power, still give you some ownership? To share an atom. Allah said, وَمَا لَهُمْ فِيهِمَا مِنْ شِرْكِ They don't even own an atom with Allah. No one in the universe owns an atom, which is the smallest thing. And no one even shares the smallest thing with Allah. Okay, what could be less than that? You don't own, you don't share, but maybe you help Allah with an atom. وَمَا لَهُ مِنْهُ مِنْ You don't help Allah with nothing in the universe. Allah doesn't need, no, Allah doesn't need any help. <coughs> Allah owns everything. Allah doesn't share with anyone. And Allah doesn't need anyone's help. Okay, maybe you don't own anything. But maybe you can be close enough to Allah to do shafa'a. Maybe you know, you know, you know, sometimes you think, you know when there's like a big, serious guy in the ends. Mm. And you know, you know he runs the block. You don't run the block. Yeah, yeah. But what you do is, you get close to him. When you get close to him, you can get that extra special treatment. Allah said, no one can do shafa'a with him. Except with his permission and if he's pleased with them. Okay? Yeah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then turns to the angels. You think, why is Allah turning to the angels? Why is Allah turning to the angels and he just tells us about the angels? Before I tell you what Allah tells about the angels, the reason why the scholars mention Allah turns to the angels and mentions the angels is because Allah is in this ayah telling you about his greatness. Mm. And what is one of the greatest creations of Allah? The angels. How great are the angels? Look at Jibreel. Jibreel the Prophet said, I saw him in the horizon. He covered the horizon, his wing. He had 600 wings. 600. 600 wings. Akhi Jibreel is so strong. He lifted up the people of Lut on the tip of one of his wings, all the way to the sky, to the point where the angels on the top of the heaven could hear the barking of their dogs and he brought them smashing back down. What about the king who is above the, above the throne? That's how great Allah is. Akhi. Angels are big. And angels. Are, uh, 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 and what is it? Despite how great they are, what are they? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned. The angels, their hearts are in a state of fear. Why? The hadith explains. The Prophet is carrying on from the ayah. Because then Allah goes to the angels, tells you that their hearts are in a state of fear. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The angels, their hearts are in a state of fear. And they say, what has Allah said? What has your Lord said? He said the truth. Okay? So, what is this? What, what, what is happening? What shows this to the angels? There's a hadith narrated by Abu Huraira. ضربت الملائكة بأجنهتها خضعانا لقولهم كأنه سلسلة على صفوان ينفذهم ذلك الله سبحانه وتعالى في تكريز متى في تكريز متى سبحانه وتعالى and Allah speaks Allah speaks he wants a decree he's about to send a revelation Allah decrees something he says something the angels start fluttering their wings they start fluttering their wings out of humility, out of fear. Okay? Yeah. 
and they're so scared when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks. Another narration mentions what? They collapse and they fall into sujood. Allah speaks, just the pure fact that Allah speaks. The angels become so scared. Allah has spoken. They fall into sujood. Their wings start fluttering. Okay? And then after Allah speaks to so Jibreel, as the other narration mentions, he's the first to lift his head. Jibreel, Yamuru Jibreelu ala samawat. Every time Jibreel he comes down from one heaven to another, the angels they ask him. What has Allah said? Jibreel, what has Allah said? What has Allah commanded? What is the news? What is the Lord? What is the king instructed? Jibreel says, He said the truth. And he is the most high, the most, the, and the greatest. And that's the ayah after Allah mentions that no one owns anything in the heavens and earth, nor shares, nor helps, and no one intercedes with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah goes to the angels to show you that the, even the greatest creation, their hearts are in a state of fear just by the mere fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks. The angels are scared, they're petrified. They ask, What has he said? They say, He said the truth. Who are Ali? He is the most high. M40 traffic still being held between High Wickham and Lad. Who are Ali? He is the most high. Who are Ali? Kabir. He is the greatest. Who's saying this? The angels. How high are the angels? Above heaven. They fly. Look at them. They. You know, you were saying earlier. We, you know, you feel big in this car because you feel high. Yeah. Okay, the angels are high. Some of them in the seventh heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they fly. They can go high. And they're big, strong. Yeah. If the angels who are big, strong can flip a whole city with one of their wings, Jibreel can. They are humble. Allah speaks, they collapse, they fall into sujood, they fly their wings, they're, they're, they're scared. What did Allah say? And they affirm, he is the most high, he is the great, he, and, and, and he is great. And that, that is the one who deserves to be to have pride. Allahu Jalla Jalalu. Al-Kabir Al-Mutakabbir Al-Muta'al Allah Wallahi, a human being is nothing And they should be very scared when they come with arrogance Wallahi We're slaves We're slaves And you compete with Allah You know one day Abdullah ibn Umar The companion of the Prophet He was crying And when he was crying They asked him why are you crying He said Abdullah ibn Umar And Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As Were both They met each other And Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As He started crying and then Umar started crying. And then Abdullah ibn Amr said that he had the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa saying, anyone who has a mustard seed of arrogance in his heart, Allah will place him into the fire head first. How much is a mustard seed? Like a mustard seed is something that's almost naked, it's almost uh, not seeable to the naked eye. Jalazan. Another hadith the Prophet mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, oh, no, the Prophet mentioned that paradise and hellfire, they argued one another, they, they, they had a discussion. Yeah, Paradise said, What is wrong with me, O Allah? That only the weak they enter me. And Hellfire gets the strong, arrogant, you know, the, the arrogant people. Yeah. Allah said to Paradise, You are my mercy. With which Allah He rewards the believers. And He said to Paradise, He said to the Hellfire, You are my, 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 my wrath, my punishment. And Allah puts the arrogant ones in there. And Allah said, All of you will have your full. To the point where 
hellfire and look at Wallahi how hellfire will take the arrogant ones. Allah said, jahannam. On the day we will speak to hellfire. Halim talat. Have you become full? Actually, look at this. After every single arrogant person is placed into hellfire, and hellfire has, they've all been put in there. Allah said, jahannam. We will ask, Halim talat. Have you become full? Jahannam will say, Hal min mazid. Is there any more? He wants for more people. He wants more. He wants to burn more people. Jannah, the hellfire is angry. Jahannam is angry. So the Prophet said, Allah will place his foot inside the hellfire, which is not comparable to the creation. The same way I have a hand and the clock has a hand, you don't say my hand and the clock's hand is the same. We don't ask the how. So we affirm for Allah his characteristics without delving into the how. Because the Prophet himself said that Allah will put his foot on. Yeah, the Prophet said it. Prophet said Allah the foot, said. We don't know how that fit is. We and my hand and the, and the clock's hand is similar and we are both creations. Allah is uncreated. Yeah. So his characteristics are above and beyond comprehension. Yeah. As the Salaf said, We come over it how it comes. Be like careful, we don't ask the how. We just label it as Allah labeled it. We exactly, label it as exactly. Allah labeled it. So then when Allah does this, hellfire will say, cut, cut, cut. Enough, enough, enough. We'll become full. It's, like, it's very scary. It's very scary. One of the most annoying things, if there is an annoying thing about this amazing car, is the fact that it takes forever to fill up. Let's have a look. No, it's not the first time. But it won't be the last. So, we've got time. And there you go, that was an extremely, extremely long process. And you wouldn't want to do that too often. So it is very long, but at least that's the hardest bit over. Now all you have to do is just go and pay. Imran, you know the other day I paid for your pepes, isn't it? Yeah. Can you bust me? No. Huh? Hey, what, have I ever? I swear I paid for your food one time as well. <laughs> no? Well, yeah, I was going to ask. So you mentioned that arrogance is bad, right? But I'm sure I came across there was a hadith where um, one of the companions, he was on a horse and he strut around on his horse in an arrogant way and he wasn't rebuked for that. So are there specific situations where arrogance is allowed? You're talking about Abu Dujan, the Allah Ta'ala. I don't know right. if it was on his horse, but he was in the. I know. I know. Definitely. I think he was walking. Was he walking? Or was he was it on strutting, his horse? walking. So, the story is, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he brought out a sword, and he brought out the sword. He said, "Who will take the sword today? Who wants this sword?" So all the companions wanted to take the sword from the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and then the Prophet said, "Who will take the sword and give it? It's right." 
So now then the companions ask, what is the right of the sword? The Prophet said, the right of the sword is that you march into the enemy and you strike them until you break the sword. So now the companions are thinking, okay, who can do that? Like, that's, that's a bit tough. Swords are made out of iron. You know, steel or whatever it's made out of, yeah, you have, to, you have yeah. to break the sword. Abu Dujana said, Ya Rasulullah, I will go in and strike the enemy and I will give the sword, it's right, I will break the sword. So the Prophet gave the sword to Abu Dujana. Abu Dujana took a red bandana out, they were tied. It was red because it would signify blood when you go into battle. And then he started strutting, he started walking in a way. And the Prophet said, Did you see this walk? Allah hates it. I accepted this situation. Why? Because it's going against the enemies of Allah and you're doing it in the battle for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Show the enemy. And to boost the morale of your own forces as well. But it's to show yeah. the Prophet said Allah liked it in that situation. Mm. In that situation when you're in battle for the sake of Allah. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and obviously that story, I've got it online, they can check it, you know. Uh, but it's, what he does with the sword is quite serious. Dramatic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you want to know the story, come to the next Umrah trip with us. We right, actually we, we told a story. We told at, a story at, where at it happened. The place where it happened. The place where he did what he did with the sword. Yeah. And we tell many other stories as well from the Sirah. And of course walking arrogantly out. You know there's another narration where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned La tamshi fil uh, you know Allah said um, sorry the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Hadith is narrated by Imam al-Bayhaqi and his sunan that anyone who sees himself to be big <coughs> big and great and boastful in his walk he walks in an arrogant way he will meet Allah alayhi ghadban, and Allah will be angry with him another hadith in Sahih Muslim the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said بَيْنَمَا رَجُلٌ يَتَبَخْتَرُ يَمْشِي فِي فِي بُرْدَيْهِ the Prophet said there was a person who walked with pride because of his fine uh, mantles and he was well, well pleased with himself with his what? With, his, with himself, his personality so Allah made him sink into the earth because of his arrogance and he would go sinking in the earth until the day of judgment. There's a man who the earth swallowed, he's still sinking to today. Because he was walking arrogantly on the earth. Allah said in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and do not walk arrogantly on the earth. Verily, Allah likes not the one who is an arrogant boaster. Every arrogant boaster Allah doesn't like. So be humble. You understand? And the way you're supposed to be is to be a slave. And people think oh, being a slave is down, is, is, is humiliation. Yes, it's humiliation to be a slave to anyone but Allah. To be a slave to Allah, although it is presenting yourself with humility, it is an honor. Because there is no liberation greater than being a slave of the King of Kings. As Ibn Al-Qayyim said, Harabu min khuliqu lahu fabulu bi nafsi wa shaytani. That you 
tried to escape the shackles of slavery to Allah only to become enslaved to your own desires, to your own nafs and to shaitan. So you became a slave to your own desires and shaitan, you're a slave to yourself. Is Iblis going to be a good master? No. Are you going to be a good master to yourself? No. No? <laughs> you're going to destroy yourself. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. Allah is the greatest master. And through him you'll gain liberation. So I want to mention three verses and we can conclude on this. Go for it. I was going to say, do you want to head towards South or so we can drop him off? Who? Him. We're in the completely opposite side. Really? Yeah. Do you want to head towards back home then? Yeah, we have to head back home. Right? Yeah. So <coughs> there are three verses in which Allah praised, or rather Allah mentioned the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in his greatest situations. Pay attention, this is very powerful. Allah mentioned Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in his greatest, most highest ranks. Yeah. Yet he called him a slave. Go on. To show you that the greatest thing you can be is a slave. Slave. When the Prophet went on the night journey, where did he go? To, to the highest part to, of the seventh heaven. Yeah. And he and he what? He spoke with Allah Azza wa Jal. Yeah. <coughs> he didn't see Allah, but he spoke. he spoke with Allah, and that's where he received the salah and everything. So was the Prophet high? Yeah, he was. He was honored. He was literally taken to the top of the heavens. Huh? Yeah. He was literally taken to the top of the heavens. Heavens. And when he was taken to the top of the heavens, how did Allah describe him? Allah said, Subhanalladhi asra bi abdihi laylan min al-masjid al-harami ila al-masjid al-aqsa. Allah said, Glory be to Allah, the one who took his slave on the journey. His slave. Yeah. So the Prophet was called what there? Slave. Slave. On the journey where he went to the night journey. Okay? Second thing, if Allah was to speak to you directly, would that not be honor? It would, yeah. We get so excited when an influencer messages us on an Instagram or a famous person wants to message you. Yeah. Allah sent divine revelation upon Rasulullah. There's no greater message. There's no greater message than the message from Allah to his slave. This honor. So what did Allah call him? Tabarakalladhi nazzal al-furqana ala abdihi liyakuna lil-alameena nadheera ala abdihi Blessed is Allah the one who sent down what? The furqan to his slave. Okay, what's the third thing which is a thing of what status? The da'wah. Is the job of the Prophet? Is the job of the Prophet not the greatest job? Yeah, it is, yeah. The job of Tawheed. Yeah. The job of La ilaha illallah. Is there a great, is there a task? You could be tasked with greater than that? No. And what did Allah say? He said, وَأَنَّهُ لَمَّا قَامَ عَبَدُ اللَّهِ يَدْعُوهُ كَادُوا يَكُونُونَ عَلَيْهِ لِبَدًا Allah called him a slave again. Mm. Allah said, when the slave قَامَ عَبَدُ اللَّهِ When the slave of Allah, he stood up. يَدْعُوهُ He called. He gave da'wah. Saki, the greatest rank and the greatest maqam that you can have is the maqam of a slave. Allah mentioned the Prophet to be a slave at a time when he was the highest literally. And he was he was the highest in terms of mankind. He was receiving revelation from Allah. And he was the highest in terms of he had the greatest rank, the greatest job. Not being a, a trader or, you know, a, a property, you know, developer or, you know, like a, 
not a big job. Broker or whatever. Yeah, whatever, or accountant or a doctor. You know, some of these jobs are haram, some of them are halal. It's not a big job. That one, that illallah azawajal is a big job. You know, who, 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 you got what, friends on your phone, you got serious guys, you know, big people. people always, you know, like, I don't know about you, you know, Pakistanis, like, you know, Hamjan, Tien Logo. You know, yeah, we know people. Yeah, we know yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. But the Prophet knew Allah, like, he spoke to We're Allah. We're associated, kind of. Thing. Yeah, he, he was associated to Allah, he spoke yeah. to Allah. Mm. Allah spoke to him. Allah sent revelation to him. You know, I say, oh, I'm born to him. We've been to places, you know. We, we went to the palace, we went here, we went there, I had meetings with the king. Bro, he had meetings with Allah. Every time there, Allah called him slave. I'm saying, so being a slave is the greatest thing, man. And it will honor you and it will liberate you. Because of that, you will have paradise. But you come, you try to be arrogant, bro. You think you're bad, you think you're someone, akhi. You're going to have what? Wallahi, Allah protect us, man. Allah, Allah, Alhamdulillah, hope you guys benefited from that podcast, I definitely did, you know, puts driving a car like this into perspective, definitely, uh, hope you guys benefited from the show, also, let us know in the comments below, number one, what other cars you'd like to see on the show, and number two, what other topics you would like to see discussed on the show, uh, and what, that was arrogance, he actually went and he, he didn't have the right way. <laughs> What did you say? You said 2,000 likes and we get a Lambo, huh? 2,000 likes? We're still waiting, bro. We're still waiting. We still haven't got that 2,000 likes. 2,000 likes for the Lambo, inshallah. And here, we've got 50 mile an hour speed limit, so let's <laughs> put the car to good use, innit? Yeah, this car is serious. But yeah, inshallah, listen, we're going to enjoy the car for the rest of the ride home. And uh, as for you guys, we'll see you on the next episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace. You're not the real big G. You're a little phony. Little imposter, that's what you are. Yo, 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 yo.